Did you know that if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can link it to your Twitch and get a free sub to your favorite streamers, like Lat Mackie. So make sure to click that subscribe button and see if you have one available. Okay. Allie is officially the best guest ever. She's invited back any single time she wants. Good luck. Hello everybody, my name is Lat Mackie and this is Sequence Break, episode 27, Power Up with Pride with Sellying. And here she is. Hi. Did I say that correctly? Sellying. <laughs> Yes, okay. you did say that correctly. <laughs> I'm going to be referring to Selling as Allie for most of this episode, just because that's the way I'm familiar with her and things like that. So as long as that's okay with you, that's what we're going to move forward with. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we have a lot to get to, but uh, first, why don't, uh, let's first just chat about a little bit of your history with video games. When did you start playing games? Kind of what, when did, how did you grow up with video games? Uh, so I've pretty much played games my whole life. I remember, I remember being really young. And I got my cousin's, like, hand-me-down NES. Because my cousin is about, I don't know, like, 15 years older than me. And so uh, by the time, like, I was, you know, old enough to, like, play video games and stuff, is like, I could just get handed down the NES. And so I got the NES and all of their games. And so I started playing, I'm pretty sure my first game ever was original, you know, Super Mario 1, Super Mario Bros. on NES. Good games. <laughs> So I'd play that a lot. I'd play Duck Hunt a lot. And I I actually had Ninja Gaiden as a kid, surprisingly oh, enough. And even as a kid, I knew. Like, I would play it. I was like, oh, man, this movement's really cool. Um, but I didn't like the game at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, I feel a little bit about that. Like, I've really struggled with the controls for Ninja Gaiden, even today as an adult and as a speedrunner. And I... I there's just something about there. It's very, it's it's awesome. It's amazing because there's not really a game like it. But just getting to master those controls is really challenging for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean the movement. I really like the movement in Ninja Gaiden. Like I think it's really cool. You know how you can climb walls and jump off stuff and all that. But you know, obviously, I didn't realize it as a kid. And I like looking back, I realize it now. But it was so, like a lot of NES games were way more dynamic than right. Ninja Gaiden. Like Mario. You play Mario, you know, and there's like there are so many different gameplay elements compared to something like Ninja Gaiden where it's just you move right, you jump, you slash. It sounds like you were aware of that as a kid. Uh, what kept you what brought what kept bringing you back then to Ninja Gaiden or these other what kept, what kept what kept you playing the games? Um so I never I never beat Mario 1 as a kid. I would always get to whatever castle it was that had the the maze, you know, where you have to like you have the three paths. Is that six or seven? It's one of the later ones, but I know which one you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I learned about because um, I learned about the skips, obviously, mm. the the warps, but I never got past like that castle. <laughs> that was that always had trouble for me, but um, there was just something about it was, it was this really weird thing because when I was a kid growing up, we had. My house essentially had like two living rooms, but one was in the back of the house. And so that was basically like my room to do like, you know, like watch TV or play video games or whatever. So I would just, I had the NES hooked up and I would just sit on this coffee table, like on the edge of it and just play like Mario or Duck Hunt or something. <laughs> oh, that's awesome to have a whole room just for the uh, the gaming. Um, did you, <laughs> did you ever, I mean, was there a point where you start, did you ever try out or venture into more modern games or did you, were you uh, kind of a retro person? Um, so as I got a little older, I got a, I got a Super Nintendo. Oh, cool. And, um, I never really, so this is going to sound crazy, but I never really played Mario World. 
I was not a Mario World person. And you had Super Nintendo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was not a Mario World person. See, but even today, I'm not a Mario World person. I'm a Mario 3 person. There you go. Thumbs up on that. <laughs> but the thing that got me hooked on Super Nintendo, and this is gonna, this is probably going to shock everyone ever to ever hear this, is a game called Porky Pig's Haunted Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> People, there are people probably haven't even heard of no, that game. No, I, I didn't even know that was a game. <laughs> but it is a game called Porky Pig's Haunted Holiday. And you basically what it is, is it's like the premise is you're, you're Porky Pig and you have like a nightmare and you go into this like nightmare world. And you go like if you go through all these places like this haunted forest and like this wild west town and stuff like that. And basically you have to like beat your nightmares. But it's just... I had that game as a kid and I just, I, it frustrated me to no end. It was the most frustrating game, but I loved it. And then as I got a little bit older, I started going to arcades and I started playing like, you know, I play like House of the Dead. I loved House of the Dead. Good game. It's one of my favorite Yeah, it's really fun. Um, Started playing like, as I got a little older, started playing like DDR and stuff. I never really... I like fighting games, but I never really got into them in the arcade sense. It, I, my challenge, okay, so first of all, Easy Games has actually heard of it. I don't know if you might be the only person who's actually heard of that game, Easy. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, here was my, so I, I, I enjoyed like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, but I was not nearly as good as any, everybody else that I would play against. And just getting destroyed all the time definitely hindered my enjoyment a little bit of the game. And I don't know if you had a similar <laughs> experience, but. Uh, <laughs> a, a little bit. <laughs> so, but uh, then. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say, and then around like PS2 era um, was when Toonami started being afternoon Toonami and they would show Dragon Ball Z. So all my friends and me got into Dragon Ball Z. And so we got we started playing Budokai on PS2. And I haven't so that heard about really that. fueled video games for a while. Is that like an anime type game? I'm not familiar with it. Uh Dragon Ball Z Budokai? Yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was a Dragon Ball Z game. Okay, gotcha. I should know that. Yeah, <laughs> I should have said that. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's, I, I'm not too... See, this is where... I, okay, here's where the internet leaves me behind. I apologize. Yes, I'm the old man. But I, I struggle with... I, I don't know anime very well, so I feel like I miss a lot of the memes and culture sometimes of Twitch. <laughs> it's a fighting anime. Okay, thank you, Bronzette. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a series of Dragon Ball Z games where you would... You would have like big like open spaces to fight in, like from the anime. They made five of them. Oh man! Because there's Budokai one, two, three, Budokai Tenkaichi, and then I think Budokai Tenkaichi two or Raging Blast or something. <laughs> Broadzad is telling me this is one of the most popular fighting games. Of course it is, and that's you know that doesn't surprise me at all that I'm missing it. <laughs> Why don't I know it? I should know it. <laughs> Uh, okay well there you go of course well awesome okay so at at some point when do you discover or, or when do you, are you familiar with the speedrunning community have you ever seen speedruns would you mind just maybe give me a little brief history of your experience with the speedrunning okay so as as far as i can remember how i got introduced to speedrunning is i i kind of like slightly knew about it you know just from like you know just like from a cultural standpoint and then I I used to watch a content creator called Azerite Reaction, or Dez, if anyone knows them. Um, and they were I was watching their stream one night, 
and they raided a person called Tokyo Scarab who was doing uh, Mario Paint Bob Ross. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so I started watching uh, Tokyo Scarab. And Tokyo Scarab uh, at the time was a Mega Man X speedrunner. Would do like like kind of like challenge speedruns, like, you know, Buster only and stuff like that. And so I became friends with them. And that kind of got me into speedrunning a little more. And I started meeting more people and stuff like that. And then I met some people from the Super Metroid community and started being friends with them. And I would start like playing the game a lot and doing like randomizers and races and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I was uh, I tried to do a little bit of research before I we have any guest for the podcast. I noticed you do have a couple of credits to your title on, on speedrun.com's profile. Had you uh, was was Super Metroid kind of some of the first speedruns you attempted yourself? Had you done any other type of speedrunning yourself or trying that out? Um, I tried out uh, Super Metroid a little bit. <laughs> I really I really do enjoy the game. I enjoy the the movement tech in it. Um, the entire like the entire I'll call it the physics engine. A Super Metroid is really good, what you're able to do with it. Um, it's just, it that game has a really high skill cap. <laughs> that is an understatement. <laughs> and so I really started moving towards like, you know, just doing like randomizer races or doing hacks. There, there are so many awesome and wonderful randomizers for that game. Uh, one of the things that I, 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 had, I think probably like yourself, I had saw um, Super Metroid runs on uh, uh, the internet, on Twitch, on on games on Quick, all those kind of places, and I didn't realize how technical because they make it look speedrunners make it look so easy. And when I saw somebody play it in person and they're pressing all the all these fingers are moving while they're playing, mm -hmm. it's I couldn't believe the amount of technical technical ability it takes to play the game at a high level. Oh yeah, it has. <laughs> It has a lot of, a, a lot of like, what's the word? Just like hand ability yes, for it. Totally agree. <laughs> um, the weird thing about me is like anytime I play like retro games and stuff, I do not use a controller. I use keyboard. I'm a keyboard person. Oh man, you're doing keyboard. I know that might sound, you know, kind of like, whoa. My respect level something... just got raised. You it just went up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about... Um, I don't like D-pads. Okay. There's, there's something about me that doesn't like D-pads. Sure. Um, so on keyboards, all the arrow keys are separate. It's completely separate cardinal directions. And that really, like, meshes with my brain better. And apparently, I don't know, apparently, like, I play, like, uh, like, like Japanese PC stuff does, where you use, like, Z, X, and C for mm. your stuff. That's that's what I've heard at least. <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned that. So I was uh, I was doing tech for an event uh, earlier this year, and they it was a Japanese runner who was playing Mega Man X, one of the X games, and he was. It's the first time I'd ever seen somebody play it at keyboard, especially at that, like that high level. It, it was like uh, it was impressive. I just sat there and watched for an hour because it was so impressive what they're able to do. And you're right, they use different uh, button layouts, which I thought was crazy too. That just blew my mind. <laughs> so it's really cool stuff. That's awesome. Um, so we so ha ha okay. So how do we go from all of this, these communities? It's awesome that you're that you're joining these communities, parties, communities. How do you go from there to wanting to <laughs> to power up with pride? Where what's the journey from getting there to an actual <laughs> hosting an event? Okay, so that's like that's like a two part story. Like there's two parts to that. Good. So we'll do the easy part first. Okay. The easy part is. You know, I'm starting to get into speedrunning, you know, and hanging out with these people and seeing like events and stuff like that. And I start to notice a 
disparity on kind of like demographics and stuff with, with speedrunning and with Twitch in general as a platform. For anyone that's been on Twitch for a while, uh, you know that if you look at charity content, there's there's one major there's one major field of charity on Twitch. And it's you know, it's not bad, but it's just that's how it is, is cancer. That's right. You know? Most charity events on Twitch are cancer related, you know, like Saint Jude and stuff like that. And then you have like that's the big one, and the other ones are like, you know, like uh stuff like, you know, like MS, like multiple sclerosis or doctors out of border, stuff like that. And it's just it, the charity, the charity spectrum of Twitch was not very diverse whatsoever around this time, which was like, I think 2016. I'm bad at remembering years. <laughs> <laughs> Some time ago in the past. <laughs> yes. Um, most at this at this point in time, most of the, the charity things happening on Twitch were based around like St. Jude or cancer research, et cetera. And so that was the thing I noticed I was like man, people really aren't doing charity for a lot of other things on this platform. Um, and so that's part one. And then part two was um, I noticed that uh, I had started looking at like GDQ and stuff, and I had noticed that some of these plat like some of these events and stuff like that were kind of not super comforting for certain people. <laughs> yeah, if that's a way to put it. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's okay. I mean, there there was something missing. They weren't as inclusive as perhaps you you would inclusive. Uh, that's yeah, a good word. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're getting at. I, I don't think I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and I don't think it's like I don't think it's wholly like on the events or anything. It's definitely like part of the things where you have you have a certain. Um, it's one of those things where if you have a certain thing, right? Like speedrunning, for example, you have speedrunning, and then you build something off of that. Obviously, things that are added in later are going to be a little more contentious. <laughs> sure, you know? absolutely. Whereas if you build something from the ground up with other things in mind, it's a little better. I always make the argument that it's 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 probably unintentional, but it's just the way that some of these things, just like you're saying, the way that they perpetuate and they grow, and this is what happens. So there are there are definitely deficiencies, as you say earlier. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you combine you combine those two things about the events with the charities, and then we get into the other part, which is um, so through speedrunning, I end up meeting a whole bunch of new people, and I become friends with as as they are named in chat <laughs> Xcogs, um, and it turns out a whole bunch of us are in Ohio, and so um, the a, a uh, so a bunch of people start putting together a speedrunning event for Ohio. And we, um, you know, a bunch of us go to it and we're all hanging out and stuff like that. And I start talking to uh, Cogs, you know, about this stuff that I've been thinking about. And it, um, and it basically just was like, why don't we just do something? <laughs> <laughs> How simple. <laughs> I mean... It's kind of like it's kind of one of those hindsight things, but it's like it it kind of is that simple. I mean, obviously, like work goes into it and stuff. But for anyone out there, if you just sit down and, you know, put your mind to something, you can do it. 
I love the fact that it is that simple. Um, and I'm curious, was there any, um, did, did, could you see ahead? Did, would you, did you know or have any idea about what it takes to run an event or a marathon no, at this point? Okay. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it was a big learning process. When you, you when when you did when you all decided to start Power Up with the Pride, did you have any? Did you know that you wanted it to 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 be a charity event? Did you did you, was there any kind of that in yes. mind when you okay? And did you have a charity in mind when you were uh, originally? Like, did you know was there one that you know you wanted to support? No, no, okay. not not a specific charity. Got it. But uh, we knew what we wanted the basis to be. Um, actually, the first the initial kind of like idea for the first power up was kind of more like more like St. Jude, kind of how they run their stuff on Twitch. Yeah, totally. Where it was you had a channel and then, you know, people just had segments where they did content. It wasn't necessarily like speedrunning focused and stuff. Like it had some of that, but it was more like freeform. That's one thing I know. I really one of the thing I when I first submitted for the marathon, I noticed right away that you guys weren't just looking for um, uh, speed runs. And I'm curious. I, I wasn't around for the first one, so was the first one like that too, where you were looking for ways to just um, highlight the community? Was that kind of the original intent, or is that something that developed over time? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, you know, obviously it like, um, it had you know it had part of like people who were like you know trying to like you know we're helping us you know and stuff like that and then there was other people like like myself who were like you know trying to uplift a message and right stuff like that so um what, what would you know if you were somebody were to describe were to ask you hey what is power up with the prior how would you describe your event uh <laughs> gosh that's hard <laughs> um i guess like a charity event that has that is firstly focused on supporting the LGBTQ plus community and speedrunning second. <laughs> I, I, you know, as an outsider, I totally couldn't agree with you more on that. I, I always look at it, every time I, I, I've watched the event or I've participated in it. I always, it feels like it's this celebration of pride at the same time. People, the, especially the people who are performing in it, the runners, almost everyone, sh there's so many personal stories that get shared during the event. I mean, it, sometimes it just, it breaks your heart. It brings tears to your eyes, but it's, it seems all in celebration of trying to promote the community. And I, I I'm not sure if that was the intent or if you feel that way about it at all, but I know that's what I get as a, as a viewer. <laughs> of the event i mean i think it's definitely awesome that it that it evolved into something like that where it's just this big like like community kind of staple where we all get together you know it's very cool so, I, no, i'm so good no i was just gonna say so i, I like that part <laughs> <laughs> um can you tell us a little bit about the charity that you've been supporting the last couple of uh, events uh the trevor project how did you settle on that charity um so the reason we ended up going with the Trevor Project after a bit was they have a really like they're really like nationally focused. They try to like push like big picture stuff. And they really like kind of they're really involved in a lot of aspects, you know, from like, you know, super like low key stuff like they have like helplines and like crisis lines and stuff like that or you know resources and stuff like that and then they try to like push like they try to what's the word they try to affect like pol political stuff and legislation 
advocacy so it's, yes <laughs> yeah big picture <laughs> It's it's funny you or it's not funny. It's interesting that you mentioned early on about you know there were a lot of cancer type events and I, I've worked in cancer for a long time. And that's I'm kind of familiar with that world. And I got to say one of the things I, I I discovered and really appreciate about the Trevor Project is that they are most definitely saving lives as well. And I thought it's so it's, they're doing it in such an interesting way. And like you're pointing out, they they touch a lot of different aspects that uh, that may affect the LGBTQ plus community. And I found that just wonderful and heartwarming at the same time. I think that's why it's such a great charity to support and, and to have as kind of your marquee uh, charity that you're going to support with the event. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. I think they do a lot of good. I, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. Um, is, uh, let's see, uh, how much, do you know how much you've raised for, uh, for, for charity at this point with the event? Here, I can do that math real quick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> vamp, vamp, vamp. Uh. I, I I mean what so it's it, the first one was in 2016 or 17 something like that <laughs> Oh wow Xcox is saying maybe over 75,000 holy cow It's it's a lot <laughs> Wow I had no idea it was that much um, that's crazy uh, 30 <laughs> We are doing the bat <laughs> This is exciting Somewhere around I think somewhere around 60k Whoa <laughs> what does it take to put on an event like this? Like how many, what, you know, what, what is, what's happening behind the scenes at this point? <laughs> um, currently? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Currently, what do you, how many people are involved? Okay, so for the, for like the, the most recent, like, um, it's definitely a lot more, um, we definitely have it a lot more to a point of, I guess I would say automation, we have a lot of we have a lot of groundwork placed now to make um, things easier, more flowy, stuff like that. Um, obviously, we have. Gosh, I don't even, let me check the numbers. <laughs> Probably have in the range of like ten staff. Oh wow! Um, and uh, that's not including like team members and stuff like that. Um, so it's a lot of, so obviously we have a lot of backend computer stuff. We have, you know, we have entire, like we have like servers set up and stuff like that. We have, you know, web hosts, right. stuff like that. All these things, like all these computer things <laughs> set up to just completely use over and over and over again. Um, we have, what's the word? We basically have like a defined graphic style at this point. Oh, good, yeah. Where it can, it can be morphed and stuff like that. So the art aspect is definitely a lot easier uh, compared to earlier years. In the uh, in the marketing world, we sometimes refer to that as like branding and things like that, where you have a, a style guide and all that kind of stuff that you can just share freely and stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. Did now? Did it start out that way? What was like the original? Was it just you, no. just a couple of you? <laughs> Um, so the very, at the very beginning, it was me, Cogs, and, um, a person who at the time went by Automatic Jack, I think. Um, I haven't talked to them in years, have no idea <laughs> what's going on with them anymore. Um, but it was basically, I, um, we had, it was the three of us, um, 
Automatic was doing the art and stuff like that in the design mostly. Um, and I was doing like, God, I don't even remember what I was doing. I was doing like, what's the word? I would, busy work, basically. <laughs> I should say busy work. The day to day. Yes. And stuff like that. And it was very janky. Janky is a good word for it. <laughs> it was very low tech. But you got it off the ground. And I think that's like the uh, one of the most important parts. Had that not, had not, not happened, we wouldn't have what we have today. Big true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was definitely, it was one of the, you could definitely tell it was like really small, starting from nothing, right. stuff like that. But I think the thing that really pushed it was the, the spirit of it. Yeah. And you could tell the effort that was put into it and stuff like that. Oh, most definitely. I think that's, and I'm, if that kind of passion doesn't come through, then you're, there's a good chance people aren't going to watch and, and latch on and things like that. Um, because good, good. My, my thing for Power Up has always been, um, I always want to make an event that I know that I would enjoy. Mm. That's, that's one of my big things is I want something that I know people have fun watching. <laughs> I, I love that. You know, that makes a lot of sense watching it. <laughs> Good. And and so it's not necessarily like power up isn't necessarily like, oh, this is you know, this person is the the best Mega Man player in the world ever. Watch them absolutely <laughs> crush this No. <laughs> it's like it's like watch this person play this random turbo graphics game that no one's ever heard of. It's true. True. I I, I yes. <laughs> And make jokes in chat. You yes, know? exactly. And meme out, if you will. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, what are some, you know, can you, over the course of these last few years, can you think of any highlights or some uh, uh, runs or just some moments in the uh, event that have really, like, stick out to you as ones that you remember? Um, a couple of my favorite ones are definitely, so something we've, we've, we've been doing since one of the earlier events was a community segment. Cause I always, I, th I thought that was fun. Um, there's always like, there's always one time slot in the, in the schedule where it's a community segment and, you know, we just get to do a bunch of stuff together and have fun. Um, the community segment has been, you know, things from a blind race of a McDonald's game on the Genesis, uh, to, um, we played, we did a session of a tabletop RPG, but one of my favorite ones was we did family feud <laughs> as a community segment we made teams and we did family feud so great. <laughs> that one that one was really fun um i really enjoyed i think this was the last event or the event before that but we did um we did a big uh link to the past randomizer crowd control oh cool and i think that was really fun those are the, the oh yeah <laughs> uh one of the community events we did was um I was I think it was before the marathon we did uh we did like a four-way race of, I think it was Apple II Oregon Trail the classic that is <laughs> Apple II Oregon Trail in all its green glory Which, that tells you anything about the event the event had a point where we raced Oregon Trail on the <laughs> Apple II <laughs> the, 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 the quality content you could expect no no it's really that's actually awesome I remember seeing that that was so much fun 
but yeah, we um we got to work with the crowd control people like directly, and we did a we did I think it was it was either a three way or a four way link to the past crowd control randomizer race, and that was that was really fun to see. Um, I, it was a few episodes ago now, but Jakku was on the uh, was on the podcast, and I I love seeing something like that for a charity event uh, because it, it besides it raises a great amount of money for the charity. It's also they're really fun to watch. It's just fun seeing a runner get destroyed in crowd control. Oh, definitely. Um, we have a lot of fans of the Oregon Trail apparently in chat. <laughs> Uh, another one of my favorites was um, we had we had a runner named Starwin, um, who is a uh, survival horror runner. Mm, cool. Who did a uh, who we had a what's the word donation incentive? I couldn't think of the word <laughs> uh, donation incentive to do a duo run. Oh yeah. Um, so basically, what it is is you know Silent Hill the series, yep. right? Yes. Never played it, but very so, familiar with it. <laughs> So there are two games in the Silent Hill series that are not very good. Uh, Silent Hill Homecoming and Silent Hill Downpour. Uh, Silent Hill Downpour has a lot of cutscenes and a lot of downtime. So what Starwin did was ran both of the games at the same time, playing Homecoming during the cutscenes of Downpour. That is so cool. And so I got to I got to be part of the commentary for that, and you know just talk about the series and stuff. So that was one of my favorites. How long did that take to finish? That's a, such a cool idea. Um, it really, I mean, it basically falls. Uh, they they end about the same time because of the the time disparities and stuff. Got it. The cutscenes are that crazy. Wow. <laughs> yes. It was a uh, downpour. Game. Is a very slow paced game, and it is not very good. <laughs> I, I can, uh, it doesn't sound like it. That that much cutscene. Uh, Sounds like it could be a little rough. Um, what what can we expect at uh, this year's uh, event, which is coming up this weekend? If you're listening to this podcast, it's this literally this weekend. If you're uh, if this is uh, June 9th. <laughs> um, yes, if you're watching this podcast anytime between June 8th and June 11th, uh, Power with Pride is coming up Friday, June 12th. It'll run the whole weekend. Join us. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can check it out at, yeah. uh, on Twitter at Power yeah. with Pride. Um, <laughs> this event, there are a lot of weird games. We have a lot of weird games in this one. Uh, let me pull up the schedule. I should have had that up myself. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> bother to pull it up. We have a good amount of weird games. Um, schedule. Well, it starts off with Momodora. So there you go. Just a, Or Momodora. Am I saying that incorrectly? I have, I mean, I've heard of the game. I don't know how you pronounce it. I assume it's Momodora. <laughs> Embrace the weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, we have a lot of weird games. We have something called I Am Fish, which I don't even think is in full release yet. It's in like a, a demo state. Cool. So that's, that's an interesting one. Um, James Bond, The Duel for Sega Genesis. That's probably not a very good game. <laughs> Sonic oh, R, which games, don't see Sonic R very often. Good. Uh, one of the games I'm actually really excited for is uh, we uh, we got King's Quest V in. If anyone's a big Sierra Adventure game fan, um, I played that. I played the original King's Quest so much as a kid. That was like one of the first PC games I had. I, King's Quest V is, I think, probably the. I, personally, I think it's the best King's Quest. Really, I okay. think it's a really good King Graham one. I'm wondering, I'm guessing it must be available on GOG or something if it's uh, if people are running it. So cool. I don't know. 
know how it's available right now. That PC? Okay, 1990 is when King's Quest V came out. Jeez, they already had five of them by the time 1990 rolled around. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Speaking Simulator in, if anyone's seen Speaking Simulator. That's an interesting one. Also have Step Mania. That'll be interesting. Is that, a, a, is that what it sounds like? Do you play with, like, as trying to make steps or something? Um, Step Mania is a uh, a rhythm game. Ah, there we go. That's that would have yeah, gotcha. It's like the PC version of DDR, basically. Oh, cool, cool, very cool. And then ending with a Link's Awakening run. So you know, what a great way to oh Celeste and Link's Shantae. We had a strong uh, strong closing as well. Yes, all all very comfy games. Absolutely. Um, there's, I, I'm obviously super excited to watch and to participate. Um, I, if you don't mind, it's a question for you. Um, so I, when I first found the event, I know quite, there hasn't been enough questions, right? <laughs> um, I, I am an ally to the community and I wasn't quite sure how I could support or get involved. And uh, I'm curious if you wouldn't mind just speaking a little bit like what, how, what, what is, what is the importance of allies to the community and to the event? And how can somebody like myself get involved if they wanted to? Um, so I think one of the big things is that, you know, with, with any marginalized community is like their voices and stuff are kind of suppressed, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, one of the things you see is, uh, one of the things you see that's bad is like other people trying to speak for marginalized communities. Hmm. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> what you want to do is you want to, you know, is you want to help so their voices aren't suppressed. You want to uplift them and put, you know, marginalized people in the in the spotlight. Um, I, obviously, you can donate to charities. You can help, you know, shift the, you know, the the public paradigm of stuff. Like, I see a lot of people putting uh, pronouns in their Twitter bios. And that's definitely like, you know, people are like normalizing, you know, pronoun use and stuff like that. I, I you know, that's uh, I think that's such an interesting point you bring up, especially with what's currently happening in the United States and all these kind of things that um, I, I, an ally can amplify uh, uh firsthand experiences, things that that really push the community forward, but also, you know, amplify the the message that we're trying to get out there uh, about, mar like you're saying, a marginalized community such as the LGBTQ plus community. So I, I think that's such an easy, I, it seems so simple and easy. And I think it's a wonderful way. I, I didn't even, I'm glad to hear you say that. That's a great way to, to show some support. Yeah, uh, definitely with like, um, with like, yeah, mirroring with what you're talking about with the, the current events going on and stuff like that is like, if you, you know, people having a platform, you know, open your platform up to to, you know, amplify voices for people and stuff. I excuse me. Whoa, excuse me. I um, I really appreciated also <laughs> also submitting volunteer for future. Pro there you go. <laughs> that's a, that's that a good is true. <laughs> Just volunteer for future events. This is great. <laughs> Uh, I, I appreciated how um, welcoming um, uh, the community was. Also, the event just for, um, I, I gotta be honest, I, I, I was a bit uh, nervous about, because I, I had never uh, volunteered, or I'm sorry, I'd never participated in an event like this that, that was really so forward thinking uh, about shining the spotlight on a community. So I, I appreciated how welcoming it was, and it still is to this day, it seems. Yeah. Um, 
it's one of those things where speaking, you know, speaking earlier where, you know, certain things are built on a certain foundation and then things coming in later is a little, you know. Yeah. So with Power with Pride, you know, it was built wholly around being a community based thing and being welcoming and friendly and stuff like that. And so, it, you know, starting with that basis, you know, it has just, you know, added on to it. And it is, it's done a really good job to, you know, like kind of like push away like toxicness and stuff like that. That's uh, so funny. So the DNA of your event has kept out the toxic. And that's, see, that's, I think that's so, uh, it says a lot about you and the entire uh, group that puts on uh, the event. I think that says a lot about it. That's awesome. <laughs> a lot of math talk. Is it, okay, I gotta ask, is it really tough to like, to like put the, the pieces together so everyone, the scheduling and the stuff like that? So, <laughs> scheduling. Because I, that's, that's actually like, um, that's one of my like big things I do now because obviously, you know, with the, the event growing and stuff like that, um, you know, uh, responsibilities kind of like get chunked away and stuff like that and spread out. Um, so one of the, one of the big things I always try to do is, is, uh, is, you know, really make a dent in the schedule. Because I, I don't know, I like I like doing I like doing games list and I like doing schedule and it might sound weird. <laughs> um, but games list is like or so schedule is basically you have this much time in the weekend. And so you try to get close to that much time in runs. <laughs> but then it's like um, it's like Tetris. But you already have all the pieces. <laughs> so you have to make it work. <laughs> Yes, you have to make them fit together. <laughs> Rhea's cracking me up. Sorry for bringing up what appears to be a sensitive topic. Of all the things we've talked about, that's the sensitive topic, is the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. You're right, yeah, but, but you're right. It's not just runs. It's, it's, it's volunteers, it's staff, it's, it's all the tech you know, that goes yes. on behind the scenes. That makes a lot of sense. Do you do all the scheduling for that as well? No. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. I'm... I'm I'm much better at at working with the schedule for runners. Got because you have like you have at, and you know unless things come up, it's pretty like clear cut. But so scheduling, you know, scheduling all the runs and stuff like that, it's just like, like like Rhea said, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> you already have all the pieces, and you know they all fit. You just gotta figure out where. Well, that was one of the things that struck me. I think, I don't, it's, maybe it was 2018, the first one that I participated in. And I was really impressed and, and, um, uh, real, just to how professional everything was. Like, um, I, I know that kind of like a uh, smooth running type of event takes a ton of work on the back end. But uh, for those of us that were running or participating in it, it was, it was very smooth. The tech was awesome. Everyone was, got me, everyone was on time. Everything was just really well run. And I'm really, uh, impressed by all that. It is definitely, it is definitely, uh, a lot of, a lot of skill and dedication from, from the people that do the, the tech stuff for sure. They're very good at what they do. <laughs> Please don't look behind their <laughs> curtain. Hides duct tape. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine. The people that, the, the people that do the behind the scenes stuff for Power with Pride are very good at what they do. I, I can only imagine. It you good? Um. <laughs> no. uh, so 
they hide the duct tape. <laughs> they hid the duct tape. See, there you go. Exactly. Um, okay. So what's what is what do you see as you know uh, uh, what do you see as the future for this event? I know it takes a tremendous amount of work from you all. I, I do see after the event all the tweets about you guys are going to sleep for a week. You're going to just you know <laughs> try try to recover from this whole thing. What do you see for the future of this uh, of, of the event? Um. It, with with that with the tweets and stuff is like it is def, it is definitely a it is definitely a tiring process obviously you know putting putting any event together is a lot of a lot of like work uh, but it's also one of those things where um, it's always felt like you know you get it done and you feel so good and it's like oh I don't have to do anything and then you get like you know two months down the road and you're like. Oh, the next one though. <laughs> the next one's gonna be hype. <laughs> um, but no, it's like um, for, as for the future. I mean, it'll probably you know just kind of not change too much. Um, we've thought about uh, we've had discussions in the past about um, obviously like possible like on-site stuff. Mm like in-person stuff, yeah. but obviously online is way more accessible. It's way easier. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, but definitely with like the accessibility of it, you know, people, you know, cause there's people who can't travel or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it really makes it easier for the community to participate. Absolutely. This is so, is there is, um, in the there's about a two month break in between the events? So you guys start planning the next event about two months after the the Pride event will be finished. Um, I mean, discussions. The beginning discussions are kind of just like uh, they're kind of like random. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. But, Re- oh, God, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. Go ahead, please. Um, so we could start, you know, we could start talking about it again, like two months or three months or something like that. Not like anything like super like defined or anything like that. I, 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 I this could be just my perception, but I, I still feel like Power Up has this kind of unique. Um, there's not a whole lot of events. In fact, there's really nothing like it. I think still in our charity marathon space. I think what's great. We've seen more events pop up that should support LGBT. BTQ uh, community, but sorry, I can't even talk. It's just it's a lot of letters in my head, and I'm very good bad with names. So, it's, but uh, but I still feel like the power up is still this unique event in the space. Um, yeah, that is that is definitely one of the things that uh, like I'm like personally like really proud of is because you know talk like like from earlier you know, the the charity space on Twitch was very um is homogenized the good word yeah very you know. A lot of cher- a lot it, of it, a lot of cancer. I mean, it's just it's if you just to be blunt about it. Yes, I, I completely agree. Yeah, there wasn't you know there really was not like you know LGBTQ you know charity streams, and so you know, and so someone someone from another event from Edge Case Collective was talking about the other day is like um, Power Up kind of like like laid that that groundwork to really push that. Uh I completely agree, and I and I think that's a, it. Highlights also the importance of the event that we have seen other 
uh, I've also seen individuals running their own, uh, you know, charity streams just to uh, to supporting Trevor Project. Like that's I love seeing the fact that Trevor Project is out there. That's obviously uh, you guys have amplified it on 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 Twitch. I think is wonderful. Um, Ria has a great question. Have you thought about moving to a charity with a more international focus or one that perhaps might be more inclusive? To because in the speedrunning community, as we know, there are, we, there are many of us all around, or in the retro community as well, all around the world. It's not just here in the states. Um, I will say that charity selection is a very, mm. I feel like charity selection is tougher than the scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> charity selection has a lot of thought to go in it. Right. And especially with like where we're at now with, you know, with Trevor Project having been, you know, we've, we've made like started like a really good like basis with Trevor Project and stuff and have had it for a couple of years now. Um, I feel like looking into something bigger would take um, would take a lot of attention and stuff like that. Um, we've had the Cali- I've had the Calithon folks and also uh, MC join me on the podcast, and I love how much um, thought process and why it. it, it- been picking a charity. I love that it, uh, the common theme with all of you has been that that's a really important part to what you do, and you want to vet the charity. You want to you want to make sure this is a cause worth supporting. And I really appreciate when when I hear that you guys take the time to do those kind of things. I think it's great. Yes, because it's because um, when you find a really good charity like Trevor Project, it's it's one of those things where it's it's a lot safer hmm. to not like super move out of that space. <laughs> Yeah. Because um, then it's good. Good. Because you, you do have to, you know, you have to look at a lot of stuff and how the charity functions and what they do and stuff like that. And and I I would also mention too that uh, there's nothing preventing uh, and uh, you know a, a European speedrunner or somebody to submit a run to to the event. I mean, there's no. I don't think that you guys don't have any. Is there any? Uh, are you, is it? Yeah, it's not. I mean, anyone can submit right. as long as you can mostly adhere to. <laughs> To, to the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- th- so much great stuff. Um, I, I think we've covered a lot of it. Is there, is it, you know, is there, I mean, you, you mentioned you already, you, you this doesn't, this event isn't planning to stop anytime soon. <laughs> um, no. how, how, leading up to this, how much work are you putting in? Is it, is it kind of almost, is it nearly a daily thing or what kind of uh, effort does it take leading up to the event? Um, I guess it really depends, you know, it depends on who you're talking to <laughs> with how we, with how we split things up sure. and stuff like that. So like, there's a, you know, there are some things where it's, you know, where people are doing things daily, you know, they're, they're talking to runners and right. answering questions and stuff like that. And there's other stuff where like, um, uh, what's the word? Like me, you know, it's like I was doing like, you know, like, you know, voting on you know games and doing the schedule and stuff like that i'm going to be like you know um moderating like chat and stuff like that so it's like i'm not doing as much daily stuff they were like uh some of the tech stuff is like you know there so that's not like you know being worked on daily the uh the power of discord uh, seems like to me like it could be a 24 hour a day job just uh, answering all the questions <laughs> and things like that because also i honestly like i get a re- every every time i had a question the response is like instant like i was really impressed with how quickly um, you're able to respond to people uh, but it's also a, a friendly place to hang out if you will if uh if you're yeah. looking this way oh um with our like with our like um you know quite like q and a stuff from like runners and stuff like that 
our the people we have on our team are very very good at like answering questions and stuff like that <laughs> body the discord is a whole thing xcogs I, I can only imagine not a bad thing right right, right. but definitely a thing I mean, it seems <laughs> like it would have to take quite a bit of of uh of people just to get it working that way no, Ria, thank you so much for the question. It was great. Um, is there anything else I'm missing? I feel like we've covered quite a bit, and I feel like I, I already have a better appreciation <laughs> for the event just speaking uh, with you. Let's see here. We got the behind the scenes, the charity, the how it started. Oh, what were my favorite games growing up? Ah, <laughs> yes. You read my, actually, I was going to go there. I was going to ask if your great games growing up and then if you play any of them today. Um. So, a lot of my fa favorite games growing up, so I have like a weird, like, my, my journey through gaming is weird. Because <laughs> I went, I went NES, Super Nintendo, and then PlayStation. I went to PlayStation 1, hmm. and then I, I didn't get a PlayStation 2, I got a GameCube. Ah. Well, and then I got a, a good thing. <laughs> and then I got a computer at home. Oh, cool, cool. And so, so this is going to sound weird, but some of my favorite games growing up were edutainment games that I played at the computer at school. <laughs> ah, the um, edutainment. I can see the Oregon like, Trail now. <laughs> uh, like old Math Blasters. <laughs> oh, there you go. Or um, a lot of learning company games, mm. stuff like that, uh, Sierra games. Um, and then I... One of my favorite games for GameCube actually wasn't Smash. And I never really played Smash with other people. This is going to sound weird, but I didn't really play Smash with other people because how, how me and my friends were. Like, because what we would do when I was growing up is me and my friends, you know, we'd go outside and do stuff all day. So, you know, when we would, so like our, our video games and stuff is like, that's when we were home, you know, by ourselves, basically. And so one of my favorite games on GameCube was it was this it was this mech fighter and I don't remember what it was called. GameCube mech fighter game. If anybody can think of that in the chat, maybe Custom Robo. It was called oh. Custom Robo. Okay. Never heard of that one. <laughs> and it was a like you could customize your mech and you would do arena like uh it, you would have like an arena and you would fight um, but if I, if anyone ever asked me like what my favorite, favorite games are is Halo and World of Warcraft <laughs> and they're, and they're tied for the number one spot. <laughs> With the uh, current, uh, wow. Are you playing classic or what's uh, your current, uh, World of Warcraft? Yes. Okay. I play both retail and classic. Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. I, it's always for, been for anyone wondering out there. Uh, I play on Kel'Thuzad on retail. Um, at Alliance <laughs> and on Classic I'm Alliance Pagel I I have been okay so World of Warcraft has always kind of scared me because I just feel like I would I you know my, my I could my wife doesn't play video games so it's like I could just see like me spending all my time doing that I'd be afraid of it the whole thing but it, <laughs> I, 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 I but it looks so much fun it looks like all you all have so much a good time playing these games um, I will say it is definitely very easy to get lost in an MMO. <laughs> I have been playing WoW since late 2005. Wow, it's been around that long. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> uh, in retail WoW, I currently have 
nine max level characters. <laughs> that is four awesome. Of, four of them are geared enough to be raid viable. <laughs> that is so cool. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I play the game a lot. Uh, <laughs> X-Cogs, can't imagine balancing an event, running an event and playing MMOs. Huh, I, yeah, so is that. Says the Final Fantasy fourteen nerd. That, that's all XCOG. No, I shouldn't say that's all, but I gotta say, XCOG, you do tweet quite a bit about the Final Fantasy fourteen. So I wonder the same time. How are you all running the event and playing these games at the same time? I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> playing fourteen right now. Not a surprise, right? <laughs> well, okay. So let's. Um, do, okay, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, honestly, it's uh, WoW, WoW is easily one of those games. I don't know how 14 is, but WoW is definitely a thing where you can multitask while playing it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Which can be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how I still follow you? Well, I need the, I need the great... I, this, how do I know what's going on in Final Fantasy 14 unless I'm following you? So I, I'm trying to be better about my internet memes, but, uh, you know, what, what can I do? <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's do this. Let's. Uh, where can we find the event? Um, where where can we find out all the information? If you want to get involved or and just at least watch, where, what can you do to do that? Um, you can find us on Twitter at Power Up with Pride, uh, which is at P W E R Up with Pride, or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Power Up with Pride. Full words. I would also say it's um, easy to get the website, which is spelled out, is actually fully spelled out, if I remember correctly. Yes, okay. or you can find us at powerofthepride.org. Awesome. And if we, uh, if somebody wanted to bother you on Twitter, do you have a Twitter? Is there anything you'd like to <laughs> throw out there? Um, if you really, if if you actually want to bother me, <laughs> uh, my Twitter is at the screen name on the screen right there. There you go. Two Y selling, which is awesome. Uh, Ali, thank you so much for uh, uh, talking about this and giving us a little bit of history. This is so great actually learning about how this... I'm always curious how this thing comes about because it, what we see is so, it looks so polished. It looks like it's, you know, <laughs> it's been around for years. It's so professional. I can't imagine the... It just got to take millions of hours to, <laughs> to actually have that happen. It's it's one of those things where it's kind of funny to look at it now because I would in the beginning I would joke around and and Cogs can you know confirm this and stuff I'd be like you know I could joke around like you know uh, speedrunning events we're coming for you we're gonna take over the space <laughs> and now we're a big speedrunning event I know so. right there you go <laughs> oh don't tell me life doesn't have a sense of humor okay <laughs> you um, did not expect yeah, this yeah honestly awesome. it was just one of those things where it's like hey let's do this thing and we did the thing <laughs> Uh, that's so awesome that that's how simple it is and uh, you know that it's it but because it means I, I, I one of the things I love about the whole weekend is just how much it means to people to watch or to participate or to even have an event that people feel like represents themselves and it, it, I, I literally I, I can't watch it without getting goosebumps and getting choked up I I, I end up being you know, a little bit of a mess when I'm watching the thing because it's just so heartwarming to see it it's really great heck yeah I will say, word of advice to anyone out there, if you're afraid of, you know, following your ambitions or, you know, really pushing a project you want to work on, there was one day where I, I just sat down and, and, you know, talked to Cogs and was like, let's just do it. And now it's an event that we've, we've worked with, you know, the Yeti to get, you know, official t-shirts done. We've been on the front page of Twitch. We've raised, you know, like $60,000 for charity. Insane. All because one day I said, let's just do it. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, well, I thank you for doing that. I'm glad you, it was that simple and that you but you decided to just go do it. It's, I'm, I'm thankful that it's there. And, and thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. If you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe, leave a review. All those things go a long way to helping out the podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'm on Twitter at LatMackey, or you can also join the LatMackey Discord, where we have a sequence break channel. We talk about guests. We have questions. It's really interactive, really fun. Please feel free to stop on by. Thanks so much. See you in the next one.